Hi, I'm Lucas. And I'm Brian. And this is the Quacks Podcast. Hey, welcome everybody to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Hey, how's it going, Brian? I'm going well. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. You look well-rested? I am. I uh, Actually, I'm not. I woke up at 2.30 last night. And was up till about six. I got another little power nap after that. Got a couple hours till eight. But uh, even yeah, didn't didn't sleep great. I don't know why. Well, it suits you. You know what's interesting though is this last week I uh, it was like my second time getting this. I got a vitamin C IV, and I think that was Saturday. And Saturday night I slept for eleven hours. What? So it did? Did it make? Had you ever done that before? So this is my second one. I don't remember if the first one made me sleep like that, but the second one was pretty awesome. So did you wake up reinvigorated? Did you feel anything else that was different? Not really. I mean, I didn't like wake up going, "Wow, I got the most sleep ever." It was just kind of. I woke up and I'm like, "Oh, I slept," and then I look, <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, I went to bed at like nine and I woke up at eight. <laughs> you know, like you think about it, you're like, "That's a lot." Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those. It's a shocker, but it's also like, oh my gosh, that's great. I really got to recharge the the battery there. Yeah. And I had all this gunk in my throat too, so I think it fought something off. Very cool. Well, I, I've been uh, on the fence about taking some uh, IV nutrients myself. What are you on the fence about it? I, I don't like getting jabbed. Oh, you don't like the needle? No, I don't. And there's something in my mind that I've always said, well, unless it just seems so unnatural like it doesn't seem like i'm on board with a lot of natural remedies and stuff but anytime you you inject something with a needle into your body it just goes against my core principles as a human i don't know why but i'm trying to get a because obviously there's huge merit in it and there's that myers cocktail that they have now at my work at the clinic um at my work and i i want to try it because everyone tells me how amazing it is so yeah yeah. i'm dancing around so that's funny that you brought that up because i i've been fighting the notion all day and everyone's like come on do it (laughs) i i get what you're saying but like for me vitamin c if i take it internally like i swallow pills of it it jacks with my stomach really so i i really don't want to take vitamin c in a pill but just getting it injected it's like you avoid all that so how often do you have to do that i don't know i've been doing them like well, I've only done two, and it's been a month, and so that's kind of my plan to do. So you've um, done two in a month. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Okay. Uh, maybe five weeks. Okay. So that's my plan is to do like one or two a month. Okay. For a while, because I read this study about how uh, vitamin C IVs can help a lot with allergies, and so and like like getting rid of them, you know, over right. time. And so I figure I'll do like ten. 10 IVs and I'll, I'll reassess because I do have some allergies. I have some seasonal allergies, some food allergies. So I don't know. I want to give it a shot. Yeah. No, I mean, I hear it more and more how many people are doing this. And I'm like, oh, gosh, this has become a trending thing. I never thought in a million years when I was growing up that people were going to be getting, going to places to get hooked up to vitamins and nutrients. But it's a great, it's a great trend. Yeah. It'd be cool if we could interview somebody who gives these IVs and just get their take on it and I what think they've we seen. Could, I think we could probably figure something out there. Yeah, you know some people? I know some people who know some people. No, you know, you know, I know some people, you know some people. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I'm just trying to think, I don't know if I know anyone who's really done a lot of it. Right. Like, I have 10 years experience doing IVs, gotcha. and I've seen everything. Right. That's who I want to interview. Yeah. 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 I'm open. Hmm. I'm always ready to learn. Yeah, me too. So this week, we're going to talk about CBD, an article, 
on CBD and then berberine. I got a whole whole piece on berberine that I think you're going to like. But first, before we get into the berberine, there was an interesting article that I came across uh, in Forbes, of all places, mm. on CBD. Um, obviously, CBD, it's the big fad right now. Um, I think even Carl's Jr. is putting CBD in a burger. <laughs> I, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I, if that's not a sign that it's a fad, I don't know what is. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And till now, fast food hadn't sound what sounded good in a while, but the, finally they're winning me back. That's right. Just when you thought you were out. Yes. So anyway, uh, there are some great benefits on CBD, obviously, around anxiety, sleep, uh, especially pain in the higher dosages of CBD. But a new study came out testing the CBD drug called Epidolix on mice and found that at higher doses, it causes an elevation in liver enzymes and liver damage. And we're talking like above 600 milligrams, so quite a bit of CBD. Yes. And something like 75% of those mice died from liver failure. Oy. Yeah. Don't do this to me. Well, I mean, interestingly enough, when you look at the Epidolix label, it clearly states a warning for liver injury. It states you have to monitor liver enzyme levels of the patients. In clinical trials, 5 to 20% of the patients developed elevated liver enzymes, uh, and some patients were withdrawn from those trials. But apparently, there is other evidence that maybe cannabis can cause liver problems. People with uh, hep C, they're cautioned against using cannabis as patients. Uh, I guess if you have hep C and you use cannabis, you have way more liver scarring. Really? Yeah, but it's not super clear because if you have alcoholic fatty liver disease, cannabis is actually protective of your liver. So there's some ambiguity there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So... Okay, but here's the thing. It's a high, high dose. Super high. On a small creature. Super so small. So wouldn't that constitute most, you know, things? If you took like a, if you took anything in such a high dose, isn't that going to hurt you over time? Not necessarily. Like we were mentioning vitamin C earlier. You can take, I mean, the, the RDA on vitamin C is like 50 milligrams. And you can take, I mean, the IVs I was getting were 20 grams. I mean, so that's a massive difference in what you can take and you don't have liver damage but you're right and i think this really is going to apply to the people who are taking it like like this epidolix is for people with epilepsy right or Mm -hmm. with with like intractable untreatable epilepsy in these children and they're going to be taking high doses of it right so it's a it's not something that says hey you know the dosage of cbd you're on it's going to cause you liver damage it's just a sign it's like the first it's like the first real thing that's like hey it might not all be on the up and up <laughs> and if you're you know if you're having liver pro- if if you take a lot of cbd and you have your liver enzymes checked yeah. and they're elevated well there you go well obviously i'm i'm like i don't agree with rat study and then because yeah, yeah. i take a lot of cbd um and it's worked for me and it helps so i don't obviously my natural inclination is to <laughs> not be on board with it giving you liver so damage. most people when they're thinking of health stuff they're very black and white right right is it good or is it bad but everything you know the dose makes the the medicine or the poison a lot of times and so we want to give people the the rounded the whole view of everything we talk about mm-hmm. and everything we talk about has good sides and bad sides and sometimes it's got all a lot of good and not much bad. 
And so with CBD, maybe it's got a lot of good and a little bad. Right. But it's just something you just need to have the whole view of it. And you, you know, know what's good for that bad part? What? CBD. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but so I, I don't think it's necessarily a no, reason I'm to stop taking it. No, I'm glad that it gives me pause. And that will, because I do, when I'm selling that stuff, it's just like, I'm off the back of a wagon selling this stuff that is just <laughs> miracle sauce, you know? So um, step right up and get your miracle sauce. So I do like hearing that and I do take it. So I do want to be aware of it. Yeah. So if you want to get your, it's it's routine blood work. They'll always test this if they're going to do, you know, the metabolic panel and all that stuff. And it's called the ALT, the AST and the bilirubin. That's what you're looking for on your blood tests. Um, and if your levels are out of whack, then, you know, that's, uh, that might be a you sign you're taking your too much CBD. You don't want your bilirubin out of whack. You do not. No, I you went do not. to high school with a bilirubin. Little known did fact, really? everyone. Yes, I did. Oh, wow. What a name. I just think it's funny because, you know, CBD, it's such a big deal right now. It's obviously a fad. And some of the products coming out right, out right now are like dirt cheap. Right. Right. You know, but they're also good quality. So I, I think the gold rush, it's kind of coming to an end. There was a period for about a year and a half, maybe give or take where, you know, in Arizona, at least if you wanted CBD from a health food store and I'm not talking about head shops or smoke shops or anything like that. I'm talking about if you wanted CBD from a health food store, you had like two or three option options usually. Mm. And those couple brands were hugely expensive they had huge margin. People were buying them by the fistful, you know, as <laughs> yeah. much as they could get. So it was very lucrative, you know, for the stores, obviously. Completely. I, I think that's coming a bit to an end because of how flooded the market's been and stuff like this, which is coming out. It's like, hey, you know, CBD, it's not a free ride. Yeah. You know, slow you, up. You can't everybody. snort it. You can't use it in an enema while you're taking it internally and rubbing it all over your body, you know. Right. But sometimes you just have to do that to learn for yourself. <laughs> or you can look at these mice and, and see what happened to them. Yes. Not cool. 75%. That's a big number. And definitely worth uh, taking a closer look at. Yeah. As soon as you kill the mice with a certain dose of something, generally you're like, eh, okay, there's something here. All right. You're looking so sad and depressed. But this really, I am because I'm going, oh, cool. I wonder how I'm going to sleep tonight. This really isn't worth being sad and depressed about, Brian. No. It's not. Just dead over. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I mean, other substances that you've taken, I'm, there's way worse about there out there. You are correct, yeah. sir. Like fish oil? Like We won't even go into fish oil. No, that's been a long time. Yeah, there's some horror stuff on fish oil. Oh, God. Yeah. The thought of it right now, I don't care. Something tells me that that's... But... You know, it works for some people and it's a great source, but <laughs> <clears throat> once again, take a closer look. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about berberine. Let's do it. Yeah. You, do you know a little bit about berberine? I know you, a little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. You've, you've we talked did it on the to, show before, yeah. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it, I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, I want to talk about berberine. It's really waxed and waned in popularity over the last five years or so. And I want to chat about it because of any of the natural substances I've seen, it seems to be the closest to a drug out there wow i mean i'm trying to think of other things that i that i've seen that are really close to a drug but but berberine is like really close to a what drug. constitutes that what, so i think of it as a like. spectrum of how much does it force your body to do something so like herbs they just kind of nudge your body in in a certain direction i guess that's, it's kind of hard to explain but you take an herb and it's like if it's anti-stress it just kind of nudges you okay. in a little anti-stress way right. you take an, a xanax <laughs> and you can't be stressed 
Yeah. You know, it's like, it tells your body like, you know, this pathway, this enzyme, this, this neurochemical yeah. can't do that anymore. You're Not, shoved with both hands. Exactly. Out of the stress. And zone. so when I say berberine's as powerful as a drug, I mean, it, it really pushes you in a certain direction. Beautiful. And we'll see why. Um, so you've probably heard of morphine or quinine or nicotine. Mm-hmm. These are all alkaloids. And this is actually what berberine is. Berberine is an alkaloid. Okay. So it makes sense that it's really powerful. And it's found in a bunch of different plants like golden seal, organ grape, uh, golden thread, a few others. And most of these plants are found in either China or India. And they're all used in traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda. Okay. So the uses of berberine, they fall into a couple broad categories. And we're going to go over each. I do want to say, though, there are a lot of maybes and probabilities around berberine. If you look up all the things it does, you're going to find stuff on lung inflammation, cancer, Alzheimer's prevention. It's it's a super long list. Yeah. And whenever you get a substance that kind of impacts your liver and your gut, it's going to just impact all kinds of things. Okay. It's going to... Because as soon as you start messing with your liver, which deals with hormones and everything... It's going to have lots of different well, stored up toxins. If, if toxins released all at once, that could be problematic too. Sure, that would be like a too detox much of a good reaction. Thing. Yeah, but we're, we're but I'm also saying like just testosterone levels. If they change, that's going to have a cascade of a lot of other different things. And so what I'm trying to explain is that when you see all these different studies saying berberine does this or this or this or this, it's because berberine has such a systemic effect on your liver and your gut. And that has a systemic effect everywhere else. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. So I want to focus on the two main uses uh, that it has. And it's basically the best research and the most anecdotal reports on these two issues. So first, berberine is used as a treatment for diabetes, metabolism, and heart disease. And I'm kind of lumping all of these in the same boat because a lot of times they'll come together. Mm -hmm. And there were many people I read about who started taking berberine for blood pressure and they found that they lost some weight or they started taking it for blood sugar regulations, they found that cholesterol went down. Okay. So broadly speaking, berberine affects metabolic health in some way. Right. All right. So the second use of berberine is as a treatment for gut issues like diarrhea, gastroenteritis, constipation, uh, SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Yeah. Yeah, all that Something stuff. Something you should have in the medicine cabinet. Yeah. Now, interestingly, the side effects often reported on berberine seem to fall into this category too. So complaints of diarrhea, constipation, gastroenteritis, stomach upset. Mm. So whether it helps your gut or not probably depends on you and the dosage you take. Uh, Often people who had stomach issues with berberine, they were taking a lot of it. Uh, They had maybe liver issues as well. Uh, So just berberine might exasperate those issues. Okay. So anyway, the first point on berberine, the metabolic effects, the really impressive study that everybody kind of references is a study that was in 2008 and it was on newly diagnosed type two diabetics. And these adults were split into two groups with one group given metformin and another group given berberine. Berberine was shown to have very similar blood sugar lowering effects. It also lowered A1C levels, which is the average blood sugar you have over three months by a whole point. And that's a big deal. If you don't understand it, one point, of A1C is about 30 clicks of blood sugar. So if your doc diagnoses you as pre-diabetic, say your your fasting blood sugar is, is 110 or whatever, uh, berberine, it could potentially drop that to 80 and you would be out of the so-called pre-diabetic category. Okay, so I know what clicks mean in 
Vietnam movies. <laughs> but, but <laughs> explain what a click is. I, I'm just know. talking points. Yeah, okay. But I sound cooler when I say clicks. <laughs> okay, okay, I get it now. Cool, all right, all right. Sugar um, cool. Yeah, I, I try and throw in clicks whenever I can. I like it. All right. So in that same trial, cholesterol fell. Uh, the only side effects were, like I mentioned earlier, gastrointestinal. Now, that was really cool, but another study showed that it could potentially inhibit fat storage. So they took metabolic syndrome patients and put them on berberine for three months. And over that three months, their average BMI dropped four clicks from <laughs> uh, 31 and a half to 27 and a half, which is like unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That's like meth level weight loss. And well, maybe not that, yeah. that much, but I mean, it's, it's pretty, yeah. pretty amazing. We got 20 more clicks up this hill. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> The question, though, is, you know, how does it do all these things? Like, I could keep rattling off studies like this. There's tons of studies on berberine, but you get the idea. But it's like, how is it actually doing it? Because there's many substances out there that can help you lose weight, like meth, but you don't actually want to take them, <laughs> right? You lose your teeth as well. <laughs> so, berberine, it belongs to this group and of... your job and your life. And, so your, and your girlfriend yeah, and your dog. And, it's all gone. And the paint on your car and then your car. I know. But you won't care. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have the cleanest house on the street. Yeah, you will. Berberine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so berberine, it belongs to this group of chemicals that increases expression of something called AMPK. Okay. It's, it's got a long name. I won't bore you with that. But AMPK, it's very interesting. It's an enzyme. And as we get older, our levels of AMPK go down. So AMPK, when it's activated, it seems to burn fat, increase metabolism, lower inflammation, improve insulin sensitivity, improve hormone production, mm -hmm. uh, increase athletic performance. There's actually drugs that are AMPK uh, activators on the banned substance list for the really? Olympics. So, yeah, when when you when you playing with fire, playing with fire here. The the question is, there's a lot of conjecture about what raising AMP could that prolong life? Because a lot of the things that that prolong, that are like, oh, these things prolong your life, they're AMPK activators. So okay. you're talking like calorie restriction, green tea, intense exercise, metformin, low-dose aspirin, all these things up AMPK. Okay. But the question is kind of like a, a chicken and an egg question, meaning if you get older and your AMPK goes down, is it going down because your body's like, hey we're older and we're more frail and so slow this down because this AMPK is is going to hurt our survival uh -huh. or does AMPK go down and then that's why you get older oh because it causes you to get older so because the, of the AMPK. the question oh. the question is which is true because yeah. if AMPK if if AMPK goes down and that mean that causes aging then obviously making it go up is a good thing. Yeah. But if you get older and your body suppresses it because it's like, this is too much or whatever. Right. Then it's not a good thing to increase. It's some chicken and some egg stuff we got going on here. The chicken and the egg. What came first? Yes. Because we don't know one way or the other, which is the culprit. Were you just doing an impression there of an actor? I don't know. I felt like we were in the middle of a mystery. I don't know. Maybe I was. I don't I know. I thought you were doing uh, like something from Jurassic Park or something. <laughs> Life, it uh, finds a way. <laughs> that was a pretty good goal, Bloom. Yeah, right? All right. So I, I should go back here for a sec. Metformin, for those who don't know, it's probably the most popular diabetes drug that has ever been, ever been. It's been used in, for decades. 
Uh, now, the difference between metformin and berberine is that metformin basically shuts off production of glucose or it messes with production of glucose at the liver, while berberine enhances glucose absorption at the cell, meaning if you're, it, it's acting more like insulin. So if you took metformin before working out, you would have less glucose production. You'd probably be more sluggish. You wouldn't be as good at the gym. Okay. Whereas if you took berberine before working out, you'd have enhanced sugar absorption in your cells. You'd have higher performance. Duly noted. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a really cool difference between those two. And I've read about many people who are switching from metformin over to berberine. I, I can do nothing but support that switch. Okay. Um, metformin definitely has some side effects. It could potentially raise lactic acid production, which is not a good thing. Berberine does not have these same issues. It appears to be a safer option. The question, though, is, you know, should someone who's not on metformin, who is having blood sugar issues, take berberine? That's the question. So let's let's keep mm-hmm. going. Let's okay. see if we can answer that. The second big use of berberine is for gastrointestinal issues, the big one being SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And you can get a test for this, actually. It's called a lactulose test, breath test, where it'll tell you if you have too many bacteria in your stomach. You breathe out and it tests things that bacteria make. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. It's pretty cool. It's the same way you test for H. pylori as well. But anyways. So... SIBO is not good. It can cause diarrhea, allergies, gas, cause a lot of different symptoms. Uh, People who have SIBO and they have it resolved often report all kinds of problems going away, eczema, skin conditions, you know, balding, whatever. All the aggravating skin irritations. Exactly. So where's berberine fit in? Well, berberine is actually an antibiotic and it's a decent... What? Yeah. And it's a decently powerful one at that at least for natural substances. So it's actually, you can classify it as an antibiotic. Yeah, so they've tested berberine and they find it very effective for treating SIBO. In one study, researchers tested it against a common antibiotic that's used in SIBO. It's called uh, rifaximin and berberine was just as effective as the antibiotic without the side effects. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. So when I say it's powerful, it's powerful, right? So basically what, if berberine's acting like an antibiotic, isn't Correct. there a part of that? Because antibiotics are considered to destroy what's good as well as what's potentially bad. Correct. Does berberine do that same thing? Correct. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell it, me about that. I will. I kind of have a warning at the end of why taking berberine long term might cause some issues like that. Okay. So we're going to, so we're going to sweep back. We're going to sweep back. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you know, in the natural world, obviously antibiotics, they're generally considered to be avoided at all times. Of course. Yeah. But finally enough, I, no one refuses one when you need one, you know, no one's like, no, 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 I'm just going to (laughs) die. I always think that's funny, but you know, in listening to the people's stories, I have found that often a round of antibiotics can be just as beneficial as harmful depending on the person. Okay. Uh, your gut, it has this balance of bacteria and these bacteria, they're creating vitamins, other chemicals all the time. Now, sometimes throwing a monkey wrench in there will shake things up in a way where they settle into a better configuration. Uh, Danny Roddy, he's this guy who I sometimes listen to who on YouTube who's a really good grasp of biochemical reactions. I remember him having this huge allergy to milk that got cleared up after he did a few rounds of, of I think, tetracycline or doxycycline. Yeah. Um, so, you know... It couldn't be good. Now, maybe you take antibiotics and you get C. diff or something, you know, terrible. Uh, I'm just saying there's a potential. I don't mean to laugh at C. diff either. I'm like, (laughs) sorry. No, but you're right. There's that potential. There's potential. So berberine, being an antibiotic, it answers the question for me on why sometimes people take it to clear up gut issues. 
and sometimes it causes gut issues. Right. And berberine has some different actions in the liver. So, I mean, that could explain some of the gut issues, but it being an antibiotic is going to really cause some people some problems. Okay. Yeah. So that that's kind of an it's another to thing the, to consider. Answer to your question earlier, basically. Right. Now, this all depends on how your gut flora looks, obviously. You know, if you have a lot of baddies in there, berberine will really improve your health. Okay. Like really. But if your gut is this like oasis of balance and calm, berberine could be the, <laughs> I don't know, the, <laughs> the, the fruit of, of the tree of knowledge. Paradise is lost. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could be, could be terrible. Okay. So perhaps a good indication of this would be kind of remembering back to when you were on general antibiotics in the past and like how you felt on them after mm-hmm. being off them, you know, did you sleep better? Did you have more energy? Did you lose some weight? Theoretically, berberine may push you in that direction again. Okay. So anyway, those are the two big main uses of berberine, but there's a couple more that I just want to cover real quick. That being berberine acts as an MAOI inhibitor. Now, MAOI inhibitors were the first class of antidepressants back in the 50s and 60s. Okay. So when you inhibit MAO, you prevent the breakdown of serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine. Norepinephrine is adrenaline. Now, that's what those were the first antibiotics. They just basically said all the drug, all the chemicals in your brain up. You know, that's how that now, now later on, they kind of figured out, well, we'll just do the breakdown of serotonin. We'll prevent that. So they got more targeted and, you know, that was better in some ways because the MAOI inhibitors back then had some, some nasty side effects. I'm sure. So, um, you have the plague now. <laughs> Maybe not that bad. <laughs> but what that means is that berberine, it kind of works like one of these old antidepressants. And there was a mouse study, uh, where they looked at, mice brains which is nice because you can actually open up their brains and look (sighs) whereas with humans you can't really do that but they looked at mice brains and i would rather we did it with humans to be honest (laughs) well who's gonna sign up man (laughs) i'll make the list (laughs) (laughs) so they looked at these mice brains uh norepinephrine went up by 29 percent, serotonin went up by 19 percent, and dopamine which is the good stuff that's the one you want that went up by 52 percent after 15 days on berberine wow yeah signif Interestingly, the effect was prevented if you took L-arginine, the amino acid. It just neutralized it. Neutralized it. I don't know why, but I thought I'd throw that How in there. How did they even find that out? That's that's interesting that they were just... A drop of L-arginine got into the... Henderson, it's been neutralized. <laughs> how do they find that out? So how they find it out is they they measure um they measure how much mice want something, and right. they usually like do this by like putting a little clamp on their tail and like seeing how hard they'll work for something. Oh, um, <laughs> and so I think they gave them some amino acid mix, and they were able to isolate it down to L-arginine as like all the the effect of the the antidepressant effect so-called was gone gotcha uh, so okay so that's a cool effect now another really cool effect that i know you're going to be super interested in is it downregulates something called pde5 now what is that i won't go i'm not going to go into details on what that is but downregulating pde5 will lower estradiol in men and it will permanently increase blood flow to the penis all right (laughs) i'm glad you made that about me i know i know you're just waiting there i'm like oh i got you so good you don't even know it 
<laughs> yeah. I so it's kind of like, this is what Viagra and Cialis do. They okay. downregulate the PDE5. And so berberine will do that. And I read some stories, you know, while I was doing this research of random erections, definitely as a side effect of taking berberine. Oh my gosh. And you say it's berberine with a B. <laughs> the B. Berberine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. No, that's hilarious, man. You definitely put me on the spot. They can't see how red my face got, but it... it I was just kidding with you, man. Of I, course. I, I know you're fine. I loved department. it. It was great. That's right. That one time we went to Cancun, oh, man, you, were just, you, you were doing great. So. <laughs> Mistake! <laughs> all right. So, so, given all this research, what can we conclude? When I look at berberine, mm. I see a lot to like and a lot to dislike. So I like how it helps the metabolism, but you know, part of how it does this is by increasing glycolysis, meaning fat burning. So that kind of gives me pause a little bit. Uh, increasing fat burning can benefit your metabolism in the short term, but it can wreck your metabolism in the long term. You know, people who do like keto and carnivore for many years, where they're in this constant fat burning mode, they end up wrecking their thyroid and, and metabolism. Definitely, it, it just you know, the benefits you get at the beginning don't necessarily carry over to the long right. term. So that's a little bit of a worry for me. I like how it works as a natural antibiotic. I actually think that that can be very beneficial, especially to people who have blood sugar issues as gut overgrowth for people with blood sugar issues is a, it can really mess with your ability to metabolize sugar. Okay. Um, but, a plus. It, it, but at the same time, taking an antibiotic substance for long term can be absolutely a terrible idea. This is like the yin yang of supplements i mean like yeah you're like this is the best but it's also the worst you yes. know so it's it's ooh, it's a balance it's a balance now gut bacteria it can help you know it can make vitamin k it can help with metabolism it can it can make a lot of things so just bombing it you know constantly yeah. is a bad idea okay. but you're right it's like this yin and yang it's perfect um when i was looking around i also saw that it you know it inhibits 5-alpha reductase moderately, which is an enzyme that converts testosterone into DHT. This is going to affect men differently depending on those androgens. For some guys, it'll be great. For other guys, it's going to be terrible. Uh, berberine is also a uterine stimulant. So mm. if you're pregnant, definitely don't take berberine, but it could mess with women's cycles. Wow. You know, so... He's a little uh, rapscallion, berberine. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to take berberine, the dosage is 1,500 milligrams per day split up into three doses. And I'm going to give you the whole, like, how to take it, how I think you should take it, and how other people take it. So, Suppository. Okay. That's yeah, what no, you no. said. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. So I think it's important to take berberine with carbohydrates because of its blood sugar lowering effect. I personally would start off just taking 500 milligrams once per day with your biggest meal, and I'd work up to 1,500 milligrams. I'd make sure your tummy can handle berberine. So I'd start low and move up. Okay. And if berberine sounds good to you, I say go for it. Because it's so powerful, if it lines up with your body chemistry, it could drastically improve your health. Like really, you could drop some weight, improve your athletic ability, get a brain boost. It could be awesome. Stop right there. Because I'm going to go get berberine right now. Okay. Stop right also, there. It could also make you feel terrible. <laughs> but, you know, that's the risk you take. It. That's why it's called experimentation. Yes, this is true. Yeah. Another option would be to try out the herb, an herb that has berberine in it, like golden seal. Okay. Uh, it has a lot less berberine than 1,500 milligrams. You know, we're talking like 10 milligrams maybe. But like we've said in the podcast before, using... The herb gives you a balance of different constituents within the plant, and that, that may balance some of the berberine's negative effects. Okay. Personally, this is the route I would go. I would try golden seal out, maybe a high dose. If I felt good, 
Then I'd try out berberine by itself and see how that goes. And if you feel great on it, the next kind of check you want to do is you want to make sure that it's not coming from a stress reaction. You're not feeling good because of stress. So that means, you know, your sleep is still good. The dark circles under your eyes aren't getting any darker. Mm. Um, you feel fine. You know, you're not like a, you're, you're good at relaxing. You're not like an addict who needs stimulation right now and, <laughs> and you can't sit still. So if, if all that lines up, yes, then taking berberine for a while, it's probably going to treat you pretty well. Okay. I'd, I'd probably do it for three to six months. However, daily for three yeah. to six months. Okay. I, that, that, that would be my time frame. Okay. Thinking about it. But, at fifteen hundred, at fifty, well, if you can, if your liver and stomach can handle it, yeah. if you don't feel yucky, if you, if you meet all those criteria, yes, yeah, three six months, I say no problem. Okay, but this is just from my personal experience. When you take something like this, or really any drug, long term, you're gonna have something else pop up in one to five years. Meaning berberine, it's gonna push so many enzymes in different directions that usually after taking it for a few years, something gets pushed too far in one direction and it's gonna break. Oh yeah. So maybe you have like hormonal issues or you get a chronic cough or your blood pressure gets out of whack. Just something's gonna get pushed too far in one direction and the problem will go away when you stop taking the berberine. Okay. And this just happens. Like if, if you're going to a doctor, they would put you on a new med to handle the new symptoms 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 of the other meds yeah yeah and that's why prescriptions beget taking more prescriptions is that you know you take one prescription after three years something else goes wrong you take another prescription and then after a whole lifetime you're on like 12 or 15 prescriptions by the time you die um i'm a blueberry now take the blueberry pill yeah it's it's too much usually this is how drugs work but there's obviously exceptions you know if you're a type 1 diabetic and you're taking insulin that's replacing a lost function so it's not going to happen there or if you're a guy and you lost your testicles in an accident and you're taking testosterone you know yes that's gonna god forbid yeah so anyway i I think i think the the major thought is that yeah berberine and any drug any powerful substance is going to have this anything that has a chance of really pushing a body system in one direction in a positive way is going to have this corollary where it pushes something bad in the other way and that's just something you always have to deal with that's how drugs work that's how super strong extracts work and the night that's why you want to move down to herbs and you want to move down you know in the direction of softness you mean move up yeah move up you want to you want to start trying to solve problems on the the end of the spectrum that is very light and doesn't have consequences and then move up until you solve your problem and that's where you want to stop that seems like a no-brainer to me yeah well, a lot of people start at the strong stuff. But but you got to realize, or I'm sure most people who are listening to this do realize, it's scary to have a guy in a white coat tell you, you need to take this or you're going to be have a serious issue. So I think more and more people are, are giving pause to that. And yeah. I mean, I know that they are because I meet them every day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just think that, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that other than to say... That, uh, yeah, you get scared, but just know that there's options out there that aren't necessarily... Take pause yeah, before you just the, sign up for a hardcore pharmaceutical. That's the point of the show, is to give you options. Totally. It's to totally be like, hey, you can do this other stuff first. Try this first. If it doesn't work, you can always you can always up the volume. Completely. You know? So that's, that's what I got for berberine. Right. I love it, man. What do you think of it? I loved it. Would you take it? I would take it. I, I I was actually thinking. I mean, I would. 
I don't know if I'd sign up for four months. I'd have to wait and see, but uh, mm-hmm. I would definitely give it a shot because I, you know, deal with a lot of those issues. So, I mean, you're talking about it, I'm going er, er, when you start talking about the negs, but the pause kind of overtook me on that, and I, I think it's worth a shot. But I will yeah. start with Golden Seal. I think that's a good way to start. Yeah. See how Golden Seal treats you. Do you yeah. feel anything on it? Do you feel bad on it? If you feel bad on Golden Seal, then yeah, yeah, you, you, it's like training wheels. Yeah, it's bourbon. It's probably not going to make you feel good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, brother. All right. That's the show. Appreciate you guys coming by today. Yep. Quackspodcast.com. I'll have a couple golden seals up there and a berberine up there if you want to try them. Nice. Click on them if you want to give us a little commish for for <laughs> trying the herbs. <laughs> but yeah, go to the website, quackspodcast.com. Do your Amazon shopping there. Just click our banner on the right side. We get a little piece of whatever you buy. It's super easy. And we really appreciate anybody who's actually listening to this right now. So we do. We hats really, off to all of you. Yeah. And our, our, we're actually growing every, every week we get more listeners. So, I mean, it's, it's doing well. And the feedback we're getting is really positive. And it's going to grow even more once we start the show on Berberine. Yep. And that's a call back to something earlier. If you guys were paying attention. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> terrible. Thank you guys so much. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Be well.